0: Hello and welcome to Belonging Before Believing. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. I'm Taco Truck Joe, player of many games.
1: That's your cue. It sounded like you were on a roll. And I'm Brian Gumpy, the
0: dude who
1: won't participate in said games, so I don't have some goofy (laughs) handle. Gump Truck. I'm Gump you truck. You
0: do. You have a goofy handle.
1: Yeah, Gump truck.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hey. So. Hey, dude. You, so, how's how's been preparing to leave?
1: Fast and furious. Like
0: people-wise, like as everyone wants your attention, right? Everyone wants a goodbye uh, hug. Uh,
1: yes and no. Yes and no. I have a feeling this this will be our this is our last week. So I have a feeling this is going to be the the big one. There have been a couple people who. Either they're like going to be out of town this week or something that are been saying goodbyes that way. And that'll be, that's been kind of heavy. But for the most part, we haven't really Heavy?
0: Had. Has it been, the, saying goodbye has been really heavy? Well,
1: these are, like a lot of these people that I have in mind are customers. But people I've been serving pretty much every day yeah, for like 12, 12 years. years. Yeah. yeah, so we got really, really close. And, you know, I'm not going to have Thanksgiving with them. Like when I come back into town for like a weekend or something, like I'm not gonna like see them,
0: right? So yeah, it. So that's why it's heavy because you might. Never I'm probably see them never again. gonna see them again. Gotcha. And
1: they know that. Gotcha. Uh, but we'll see each other on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And that's fine. That's cool. But yeah. No, it hasn't been. Hasn't been. But ba- honestly, there's just it's been so busy. There hasn't been a ton of time to think about much.
0: Busy, like, just getting all the details in order for the move, like, physically? Like, you guys moving or well, business stuff or it's all that?
1: All of it. It's yeah. both, like, getting ready to leave mm-hmm. and getting ready to land. There's sure. a lot of stuff that I have on my mind for... I mean, when we get there, I'm going to be real busy.
0: You are. For the next, like, six months. Six months, months at uh, least. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. what? But, okay, so we talked before about you, that you... Your biggest goal is to learn all the kids' names, mm-hmm. right? And by kids, I mean your employees. Yeah. I don't necessarily like 18, me mean 25 kids. year yeah. olds.
1: Well, actually, out there, they, they've been hiring in high schoolers. So, wow. Could be like 16 Are going to continue that to habit? 25 year olds. I mean, if it works. Yeah. If it works. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that we don't do that here is mostly because of, I mean, they can't work our shifts because they're in school.
0: Oh. Or would be I up late. That.
1: Like back in the day. Do you have
0: any 24 hour shops out there?
1: Mm-hmm. One. Yeah, one. Yeah. Okay, but back in the day, you if you'd have to work like five a.m. to noon, noon to six, or six to midnight. And so six to midnight would be the shift that high school kids would be available for, <laughs> but they can't work past midnight because right. of work permits. Right, and midnight was when we closed. So right. um, we can make it work now, but you're just like not available for much, like at all.
0: Right. So you're getting like three shifts a month, yeah. kind of thing wow you got a place and you're all excited yeah yeah who do you think's more excited you or your wife right now
1: uh different kinds of excitement she's buying things <laughs> and just <laughs> planning out all of these things that she's been waiting to plan because we didn't know where we were gonna live mm-hmm. and so that's really cool um I'm excited because this is something that I've been waiting to do for 10 years mm-hmm. or more. Mm-hmm. So and we're both excited. And she's excited for the work side of things too. And basically be Dutch mom to, by the end of the year, like 200 kids.
0: I can't believe how many times she said that yeah. when we were hanging out the other day. Yeah. She wants to be the Dutch mom. She wants to do Dutch giving. She wants to do Dutch aween and yeah. Dutch miss. Of and course she does. She wants all those things, which I, I'm not surprised at all that she wants to celebrate those, those holidays, but I am a little surprised that she wants to do it with 180 kids.
1: I think she might be more hospitable than I am. I think I met my match, which is crazy. Wow. I know.
0: Yeah. Well, she's good at all that stuff anyways. Totally. Yeah. So that'll be good. Yeah. That'll be good for her. She's going to love that. Yeah. And her job is so, so cool that she's going to be able to kind of keep doing what she's doing and be Dutch mom.
1: Yeah. So when this How
0: airs How about it, Zoe Mitre? Oh dude. Oh sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, that's all right. Um yeah. It's she's a lot more torn. Yeah. But she is very, very excited about her new room. Oh really? Yeah. She's Why? She's wanted a loft bed.
0: Oh. And
1: she's getting a loft bed. Wow. She's gonna have a little reading nook underneath her loft bed oh, with all these wow. little twinkly lights and a little, oh, that's a amazing beanbag chair and all kinds of nonsense. So that, yeah, my kids had
0: a bed kind of like that for a minute. It was Abby and uh, oh, geez,
1: it was Lily, wasn't it? It was
0: Abby and Lily. Yeah, it was Abby and Lily. Yeah, and Abby had the bottom and Lily had the top. I think. I don't know. I don't remember, but they had that little desk on the side and mm-hmm. yeah, that was kind of similar, but so going to have her own pad. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I ask you all this cause I actually had, you know, a listener hit me up and say like, Oh dude, I'm bummed about him leaving too. And so I figured there's probably other people who listen, who are like interested in the, maybe this is not minutia, but a little bit more about the move and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm, kind of sticking here and not cracking wise so much.
1: Well as long as or as far as belonging before believing is concerned, in the wise words of the Beatles, we can work it out. <laughs> It'll be good.
0: We will. We'll try.
1: As long as people aren't too uh super stickler that six PM every Sunday night.
0: Well the, the, the I was we'll thinking okay. <laughs> I, I was thinking earlier today, you know what we can record Sunday morning and that'll be fine. And then I'm like, oh yeah, you're going to a different church now. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else in america meets at 11 10 or 11 and right. we, yeah and we're like the weird oddballs that meet at 4 Dude right just roll out of bed in my jammies Dude I actually got to pour
1: some coffee and do a little <laughs> Skype call with Pat and I dude yeah that could be a good warm up to go to church in, though like, you think? I'm all yeah. podcasted up and I've already tackled a topic yeah. and now we're ready to go to church all could right. be All right I wake up so much earlier than the rest of them and dude, people who go to church in the morning. They don't get to church until like ten thirty. Yeah, and I'm an hour ahead of you. Yeah. So if we did, so if I, like eight a.m.
0: be nine a.m. here.
1: Nope, that's backwards. no, it'd be backwards. Yeah. So for me to wake up early, be even earlier for you. I don't know. We'll figure it out.
0: I get up at like you know five thirty-six every day.
1: Every day? Yeah. Well, 5.30 or 6. T-
0: not today I didn't. I slept in today. But Don't yeah. you go to back to sleep until like 10? Mm-mm. Today? No, I slept in till like 9.30 today. Yeah, you say you get up at 5.30 or 6 every day. Normally, yeah, like a normal, normal work day, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then I go to work and I do do my school because I'm trying to graduate college. And that, that uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this class I'm taking right now is like kind of, Kicking in my butt. What class are you taking? Physical science. And it's all like Newtons and space and gravity and physics. And if you're going to drop something off a frictionable device, how many joules is it going to create? And mm. Dude. <laughs> Good Lord Almighty. I am never going to use this ever again. No, never. <laughs> never. I don't know why it's one of those classes you have to take. Like, it,
1: uh, I don't one know. One of these days We should do a King for a Day episode and talk about how we would rebuild the higher education system in America because I've got ideas that I'm passionate about. I'm not the guy to pull it off. But man, (sighs) dealing with college kids as much as I have has made me very angsty about how stupid our higher education system is.
0: It's all going to pot.
1: Well, it's just like you just said. Like You're never going to use that information again. You have to do it. And it's not like it makes you a better citizen.
0: Or even a better employee. Yeah. Dude, this what I'm learning right now. I guess the only benefit that's actually going to practically work out in my life is that I'm trying to figure stuff out I don't know. But I do that anyways. Yeah. But I'm not... I'm not really trying to figure it out. GCU, so, don't listen. Plug your ears right now. So
1: if you want to know my King for a Day scenario on how we can fix we'll the higher episode, education yeah. at, at system in America, hit me up. I'll, I'll give you an earful.
0: We'll do an episode. That's a good idea. All right. Hey, what do we got for today's episode, though?
1: Well, I, honestly, I'm prepared to learn a lot about this one because for the life of me, I don't know. Okay. Well, once you give a definition, then I think I'll be able to figure it out. But what is contemplative prayer and should Christians practice it? And the answer to both of those questions from where I sit currently is, I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so, um, contemplation is kind of derived from the idea in the Psalms. That it's repeatedly uh, meditate on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the idea of meditation in modern vernacular is to empty your mind mm-hmm. of everything, right? You're trying to, Get you're trying to have a spiritual experience, and so meditate is that you get um, some word that you repeat over and over, some phrase that you repeat over and over, a mantra to empty your mind so that you can have the spiritual experience. So, m- but meditate biblically is the exact opposite, right? It's focus your mind on one subject, namely God. It's focus on God, focus on his attributes, focus on his glory. You're, you're I- intentionally thinking about God and his ways and, and, and him. So, so contemplation, meditation, historically, as a Christian, Christianity goes, is a good thing. We're, we're contemplating the Lord. We're contemplating Christ. We're thinking about him. Um, contemplative prayer is something, well, one, I wanted to look it up to make sure that I had it right, but I do know you know several people in town that practice this contemplative prayer kind of thing. But let me just read you an, um, a definition. An exercise long used among Christians for acquiring contemplation, one that is available to everyone, whether he be clergy or secular, is that of focusing the mind by constant repetition of a phrase or a word. The recommended phrase by St. John Sassane, uh, Oh God, make speed, save me. Oh God, make haste, help me. Oh God, make speed, save me. Oh Lord, make haste, help me. Another formula for repetition is the name of Jesus, or the quote-unquote Jesus prayer, which has been called the mantra of the Orthodox Church. So...
1: that You literally just say Jesus a thousand times? Um, you just think about Jesus.
0: Well, well here, let me... Let me I'll tell you exactly what it is. It is, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's oh, it. That's what it. Jesus prayer. Yeah, yeah. So you say that over and over and over, and the idea certainly seems to me to be to empty your mind, sure, and for the Lord to show up and speak to you. In, in these ways. So, I, so this kind of prayer, and I've been in prayer services here because I, I, I have a squat, somewhat more charismatic background. There are way more charismatic churches than the one I came out of. Sure. However, I've been in prayer meetings with other people from other churches where they've done this kind of thing. And they just say the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And, over, and it, it has the same function as an Eastern mantra, is you just emptying your mind of everything so that hopefully the Lord will communicate to you or the Lord will speak to you. Um, My thought is that's not wise. (laughs) Right? The practice
1: itself of basically repetition and considering, well, which even that phrase considering is drawing distinction from what, mantras and blah, blah, blah. So contemplative prayer are those really like one sentence things that you were just talking about. That's their definition yeah. of contemplative prayer. Yeah. All right. So not to get too far out in front here, but I'm not for it.
0: <laughs> why, uh, so why, so here, why aren't you for it?
1: Well, that's vain repetition. Exactly.
0: That's yeah. where I was going. Um, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. This is Matthew chapter six, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues. It's three corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward openly. When you pray, don't heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Instead, pray like this, and then it gives the, he gives the Lord's Prayer um our Father who art in heaven, most people listen are going to know yeah. st- the rest of that. Which, oddly enough, in some traditions, the Lord's Prayer becomes vain repetition. Totally. Right? So, like, I'm, I'm a funeral arranger, and I go to lots of different funerals at churches. And when I go to do a Catholic mass or um, or a viewing or a rosary, pardon me, that there's a lot of that, saying the same phrases over and over and over and over again. And then with a little bit of talk in the middle and then the same phrases over and over. But you just hear as people repeat them that it, nobody's thinking about what they're saying. It's just the vain repetition of these certain specific words. You just say them over and over. Why do you think people think that that's prayer, the the vain repetition?
1: Um I think... I think that it's a script, mm-hmm. and I think people who read the Lord's Prayer, well, clearly not in its full context, but I think a lot of people see that as a script, use it as a script, mm. and when there's so much anxiety with a lot of people, especially you know, new Christians who don't know exactly what to say, that there's comfort in not having to think about it. Which oh, okay. which lends itself to the emptying of the mind that we were talking about. you don't have to think about it, you just say this, it counts as your prayer, check your box, and you were spiritual for the day and you know I don't think that's I think thinking the best of somebody uh, but and in that scenario, I don't think that there would be absolutely no benefit or a harmful consequence from somebody who just doesn't know how to pray so they're going to pray this thing blah like over and over um especially initially when you're just like kind of learning to pray is it better than nothing for a short time maybe i don't know what do you think
0: i well i struggle with okay so i i hear you saying that it's it's not all bad. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because there's some young Christian, uh, you, you know, somebody who's new to the Lord who might genuinely be benefited by somebody telling him to pray the Lord's Prayer like a script.
1: I think that's a little stronger positive than I would mm-hmm. have, than I really mean, but, but sure.
0: But you wouldn't say that with those other ones. Like the, or, uh where is, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Right yeah. there, the purpose is Lord Jesus Christ have mercy on. If somebody that prays
1: that one time over and over, great, great. If they pray, but that's not th- the point. If they pray it three times, like why did you say that three times? And then I would want to hear why they said it three times. Mm-hmm. If it's like I just really need to focus on that idea, that truth right now, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get distracted by other things. I just really want to meditate on Lord have mercy on me, a sinner. Then like even explaining it to me that way, they'll be showing that they're thinking about more. Like I want to think about um, how I'm undeserving and the, like God is showing me grace um, and mercy in you know, the cross and in the forgiveness of sins. And if they, they're explaining, that I really want to focus on all those things. So I'm saying the sentence. I'm like, well, why don't you just say all the things that you said to me instead? And I think that that's the type of conversation that you would have with somebody who's genuinely being earnest. And not just lazy or, you know, is unregenerate in general. And they're just going through this because, like I said, they don't, they don't know what else to do mm-hmm. because they're not a Christian. Of course, you don't know how to pray.
0: Well, he says like the Gentiles do. So there's something in our um, flesh, our unredeemed nature, that tends towards this mindlessness. You know mm-hmm. the 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 vain repetition that we think we're going to be heard by many words. Jesus says, and and so when I've been in these circles before, which admittedly is not—I don't have extensive experience—but I've been in enough of them to know that what they, that I don't think they'd be able to articulate what you just said. Right. They would be saying, "Oh, I'm saying these things because." This is the way that my mind and my soul are prepared to hear from God. So I'm trying to get all other distractions out and just empty myself of everything so that I'm prepared when the Lord is ready to speak. And then will come some prophecy or some utterance or some word of knowledge or some weird, in my opinion, (laughs) mystical thing.
1: The only time I can really remember doing something like that it, I can't remember which Psalm, you'll know. Um, but, and it, I was kind of instructed to do this, but was to read, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heavens. I will be exalted on the earth. And we just kind of read that. And it was, I mean, it's the, it says, Be still mm-hmm. and know that I am God. And so, in that sense, just focusing on that, being still, knowing that He is God. It, I mean, your mind starts to wander. I don't, if you're, genuinely born again and coming into something like this with a prayerful mind and heart, you're not going to be able to just focus on those things. Right. Like I I would read it like three, four times and then I'm like off, like thinking about what that means and like, oh crap, like you're right. Like I'm not still when I pray. Like my mind is everywhere else. I'm thinking about work. I'm thinking about how I'm hungry. Like I need to be still and know that he is God. I need to focus on the things of God when I'm praying. And then like here I am like, crap, I'm not reading the verse again. Like
0: well, there's nothing wrong with with the with understanding that it takes effort and practice to get your mind to stay focused on something. right. That's what we're acknowledging. What we're discrediting is the idea that you need vain repetition in order to achieve those ends. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is that, sure, you, you, I'm going to sit down with somebody who's a newer believer. Or, you know, and they're going to ask how to pray and I might take them to the Lord's prayer and I'm going to show them, here's how you pray through this without, you don't need to use all those words. In fact, you should use more words as you're praying through it. And, you know, there's going to be a real struggle getting through the actual prayer the first time or the 10th time or the 38th time, you know, but as you do it and you commit to prayer, pretty soon you're praying all the time. And what you want to have is that running conversation in your head with the Lord and have times where you're just solely focused on praying. And so you're getting away like the Lord did regularly to be by himself so that he could pray. I think Paul practiced that quite often too, where he would just try to get by himself and just spend time in prayer. This is where like a prayer journal helps Mm -hmm. so that you can write stuff down. And I've even heard the opposite of a prayer journal where when you're sitting down to pray and you have one of those random thoughts, you just write that down. Cause you know, a lot of times they're like, Oh, I want to remember this so I can come back to it. But then all of a sudden you're thinking about, you know, the project that you're planning and you're 20 minutes late, you know, away from praying. So you just write that down. So you don't need to worry about it cause you wrote it down. <clears throat> I've heard that being a positive, you know, way of helping to keep your mind focused as you pray as well.
1: So what, where my mind went when we initially were talking about this contemplative prayer um, definition is it kind of reminds me of the way that you and I both approach a text when we're getting ready to preach on it. You just read it Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Now, granted, that's going to be, you know, three, four verses, all the way up to who knows, like it could be like 12, 12, 15, 15, 20, whatever. Uh, and so we're reading through large chunks over and over and over again. Um, but it's not trying to empty our mind. It's trying to really just dive in and get familiar mm-hmm. and have things pop out of it yeah. to to get a feel for what is the author? Like, why did he use that phrase when he could have used another one? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. makes this unique? Um, you know, who what did the readers think when they were receiving this letter? if it's a letter and reading through and just learning and learning and soaking in and getting to the point where like you've told me multiple times, like I need to get to the point where I could pretty much recite it.
0: Right. Am I, it's not going to be verbatim, no. but it's definitely, I own the, like I have the text in my head. So like, if you were to ask me yesterday, what are you preaching on? I could have told you, well, second Timothy chapter one, one through seven. And you'd been like, well, what's that? And I could have said, well, He's really getting emotional. He's really missing Paul, uh, or Timothy, pardon me. He's remembering fondly their times together, their tears together, his conversion. And then he wants him to buck up and start pastoring with his gifts that he has kind of let lax a little bit. And he wants him to fan this flame into fire because we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of, you know, power and of love and a sound mind. So I just gave you the text. Right but I didn't quote it. And it, no, no Bible is going to read that way that I just said, but I I gave it to you. And so the only way that I got that in my head is reading it over and over and over and over again and wrestling with it. And if I were writing, why would I say this this way? Why would I be emphasizing this point? What is going on with Timothy that I have to read between the lines a little bit? And I don't think it's too much conjecture. I, th- I think it's you know, you look at other places in Scripture and see where Timothy was struggling. So with prayer, um, how, does prayer how, does, how does prayer work, right? We're talking about, you know, this false way where you empty your mind and you're waiting for God to show up and start telling you things. Well, how does it work? Well, basically, as you're praying, you want to be praying Scripture as much as you can <clears throat> because that's where God's already spoken, And he's going to speak to you in light of what scripture already says. So I don't need to empty my mind. I need to fill it with scripture, fill it with scripture, which is why I'm glad you're, you know, you were saying your mind went there.
1: Yeah, totally. So in that sense, if you're talking about filling your mind with scripture, then that can be a good thing if you're doing it intentionally. And like you said, filling your mind, not emptying your mind. Mm -hmm. There's it's a, big, a difference. big difference. So yeah. the practice may look the same, where it's repetition in your mind, but the reason why you're doing it, the the byproduct of it, is going to look vastly different.
0: I would say the more you're putting, the the more you're ha- you have to say, the less inclined you're going to be for it to be vain repetition. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why this little short little Jesus say me I'm a sinner or whatever it's whatever it is, is helpful to empty your mind because it's it's nothing. You don't have to think to think about, to, to be praying it. And unfortunately, um, that, that passes itself off as prayer. The reality is, is if you read the prayers of the New Testament, they are rich and full. And let me, I'm just going to... They're read,
1: not repetitive.
0: Not even close. Let me just read the one at the end of Ephesians 1 here. This is a prayer, okay? This is, this is the kind of prayers we ought to be praying. For this reason because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ toward all the saints, I give thanks for you. Okay, so here's the prayer. Remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he, pardon me, and he put all things under his feet and gave, uh, gave him, as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and is all in all. I I, I had struggled reading it. Right. And I know it. I've read it you know, probably a hundred times in my life. But that is a meaty... I mean, you can stop and contemplate every single phrase in that prayer, and it's going to be profound. There's nothing about emptying yourself. There's nothing about... You know, these vain repetitions, these are big, bold, doctrinal, philosophical thoughts that Paul is thinking as he's praying. And I think we're instructed to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Those are the prayers that you should read through. <laughs> Pray through that.
0: Pray through that. Ephesians chapter 3. The second time you
1: get through it, your brain will be full, <laughs> not empty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sweet.
1: So, question of the day? You got one? Uh, okay, so, dang, I'm on spot. This isn't super exciting, but because this is how we kind of started our episode, where is your favorite place you've ever lived?
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: And if you've only lived in one town, you could talk about your favorite part of the town that you've lived in your entire life. So...
0: So mm. far?
1: No, you answer first. Oh. No,
0: no, no. I don't know. You said so far.
1: Oh, gosh. Um, probably that those three years that we lived at Autumnwood, oh. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Chico is my favorite place that I've lived. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, being at that house where we had barbecues, like it felt like at least twice a month. Yeah. During certain stretches, it was more than that. So but, it stretches
0: like every other day. Dude, it was yeah. like the party house. <laughs> yeah.
1: And like church people and bringing people in who yeah. didn't go to church to church barbecues and bringing church people into like other friend barbecues and just all the mixing and all the, yeah, it was so great.
0: I'm going to miss that. Dude, because that isn't that dynamic. Just isn't going to happen when you guys are gone.
1: Well, I'm like I'm just going to miss Chico a ton too. Like I've been driving around these last what is it two and a half weeks now, and just thinking about all the cool things. Like I just people who grew up in Chico and haven't been outside of it just don't understand what a cool little town they ended up growing up in. Mm-hmm. They don't know how good they have it. Even just from the perspective of like restaurants or all the cool like like Bear Hole and Upper Park or the fact that the university brings all of this music, all oh, these yeah. cool bands to a town that has 90,000 people in it. If you go to another town that has 90,000 people in it, they're trash. There's it's, like nothing to do. It's
0: true. It's real small.
1: It's pretty crazy.
0: So I, I love Chico. Um, I di- but none of the places we've lived have been my favorite. I was having a talk with Lily, one of my daughters, earlier this week and she loved Cleveland. She loved the Cleveland house. Like she, she's like, I want to show you this. And she had drawn the whole house, the whole property from memory, like uh, from the above view, like you would see like a a blueprint. That's awesome. And it was pretty accurate. There was one little part of a hallway that she missed, but um, it was, it was wild. I was, and I'm like, I did not like that place. (laughs) I mean, I like living (laughs) across the street from you. Um, But my favorite place that I lived, well, it it has to be Garden Grove. Cleveland Avenue,
1: by the way, not... Not Cleveland, Ohio. Not Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, Cleveland
0: Avenue here in Chico. But Garden Grove, um, where I grew up, Westminster, where I grew up, um, I lived right on the border. So I went to Westminster school. The house was physically in Garden Grove. All my friends lived in Westminster. So I basically a Westminster kid. But, um, you know, it was just such a good time growing up in the 80s and there wasn't a lot of weirdness.
1: The beach.
0: We could, the beach, we like, my parents would let me get on the bus and like go to the beach all by myself when I was like, like younger than hope, you know? So like in my tweens, um, and I'd be gone all day. I would get on my skateboard and I would go ride to Disneyland, you know, which was, you know, not close, but not super far, but I'd be gone all day and my parents would never worry and, They'd be just like, you know, he's, yeah, he's just out. Or I'd go, you know, some kid in the neighborhood, I would just go to his house. I wouldn't even tell anybody. And nobody worried. It was like, it was a different time, man. Yeah. Yeah. 1983 was the best summer. We had these crazy water balloon fights and it was amazing. And we would have like, we would sit up on roofs and, oh, it was just amazing. We had like uh, probably like 30 kids that lived on the street. That's a lot. Yeah. It was so many that year. It wasn't normally like that, but that year there was just so many kids who lived on our street and and just right around the corner and boy it was it was an epic summer. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to say Garden Grove for the sake of the podcast.
1: Cool. So, where is your favorite place that you grew up and whether your mind is empty or full. <laughs> we believe. Fill it up. You belong. <laughs>